0: From exploring the rich culture and history to discussing the challenges and joys of immigrating to a new country, this podcast offers a thoughtful and engaging look at life in the Western Balkans. This is the Balkan Adventures Podcast with David and Tamara. Everyday life and experiences in the Western Balkans. Hi. How are you? It's David, and time for another podcast. Uh, this time, it's me being interviewed, not me talking about things. Um, yesterday, I spent oh, quite some time in the eclectic coffee bar opposite the Fehadir Mosque in the centre of Luka with a friend of mine, Vesna, Vesna Kerkes, who is a journalist for an online news portal, mondo.. BA. We've known each other for years and years and years and years and Vesna has been trying over all those years to catch me um, at a time when I would want to talk about my life here in the Balkans. Uh, It's taken me some time to actually agree. I don't know why really. Maybe I feel uncomfortable about talking about myself. But anyway, she's won the battle so yesterday we sat down with a couple of long macchiato coffees. So for the next half an hour or so, get yourself a coffee, sit down, turn the speakers up or put your headphones on. And uh, if you're interested in why I actually came here, what I did when I came here is so many people ask me on social networks, maybe there's some answers for you. I came to Bosnia, Herzegovina, um, in 19, first time in 1993 while the conflict was on um, and I didn't get to see much of it um, and I came with a radio station at the time. But for me I suppose I arrived in September 1998 with, with NATO and I was a reserve military person at the time and I won't go into all, all, too much detail about it but a long story short, um, they asked me to do something I wasn't happy with and they gave me an option of doing something uh, to do with radio and in particular with young people. So I came up with this crazy idea that we should run a, a radio station. Um, and I'd, I'd run pirate radio stations when I was a young boy, 14 and 15. And I knew how powerful it was and I'd worked in radio anyway. So we came up with this idea of running a radio station and um, I, I had no staff, um, I hadn't got a clue what we were going to do, and actually we had no, no money. What a lot of people don't realise, or, or, or the perception of the radio station, Oxygen as it was called, uh, based here in, in near Banyaluka, was that we had lots of money and we had lots of resources. We didn't have lots of money and we didn't have lots of resources, and if you don't believe me, um, And and, and in this internet age, you can check everything, right? So if anybody is reading this or listening to this, and is is, is in northern Bosnia-Herzegovina, just outside Lactasi, there's a place called Klasnitsa. And when you go to Klasnitsa, you'll see all the containers that were from the um, old NATO base. This is what, 15 years ago? Something like that now. In the corner, right next to the road, you'll see a blue metal container with a logo on it. That is Oxygen Radio, right? So it wasn't flash, it wasn't expensive, it's, it was just a container. We set the radio station up. Um, I, I hired people, young people, who were motivated, who had, I, I suppose I could say, um, a vision for the future. I mean, we're talking two and a half, three years after conflict, not a very nice conflict. Uh, a lot of refugees moving about, people lost, people with no hope, people thinking, is it all going to happen again? Uh, and, and, a, and a lot of political interference as well, which is quite understandable. So we wanted to get a radio station that could be the voice of young people. We wanted to get a, a radio station together that would <clears throat> allow these young people to get a view of the world, because back then and today as well, people can't travel, it's very difficult to get visas. and. You know, when young people don't get exposed to new things, new ideas, etc., it, it's not good for, for a country. So we did that. Um, we grew it over seven years. It only had a lifespan of seven years to be, I think, quite popular. It was multicultural, it was multi ethnic. Um, yeah, it was, it was cool. Um, it wasn't political. And I can say that, in all honesty, because for those that used to listen to it, if you, do you ever remember listening to any news? Yeah, we had news, but it was only two minutes, and you can't do a lot in two minutes. <clears throat> and we only had news because the military said, well, a radio station must have news. I, I, I couldn't win that battle, so I said, we'll do it. But really, we were only talking about pop music anyway. Um, we had uh, international music, no local music, there was a reason for that. And that is that if if you've got people that have got different ethnic backgrounds and different points of view, music can actually polarise people to be that way more. So if you if if you if you just give them music that is not tied to any part of the Balkans, then everybody's in in the same place. It, it, it's neutral. And we also gave people the voice. In other words, as long as you didn't swear, and as long as you weren't telling lies, um, you, you could ring into the radio station and say almost anything that you wanted. So, yeah, that's, that's what we did. It was a fun seven years.
1: Uh, who came up with the concept? You have a really interesting uh, shows um, from Brittany, from all over the world, DJs. Who, who put this together? <coughs>
0: well, I'd like to say it was me, but in reality, <coughs> no, no, in reality, it was having this this group of... Young people, they're older now, um, and saying to them, What do you think we should do? And saying, Dream a dream, be be really silly, you know, go for it. And out of hundreds and hundreds of totally impractical ideas, Mm -hmm. um, there were 10 or 12 or 20 that worked. For example, um, we wanted to. We, we we wanted to do something for for, for kids here and i remember i, I was it' two thousand one something like that we brought boy george to to, to um and I managed to help the you know make that idea come true it didn't cost anything by the way it didn't we just we just the military paid for his airplane, and the rest was you know we got other people to to, to help him for free but it was It was local people that did it, it was my local team that that did it. All I did is I just made it work. I just went to the generals and said, we want to do this, Um, give us the money. And I had to argue that and then I got the money and the rest was
1: easy. Uh, When you think about it today, are you aware of influence for for young people in Bosnia you had guys? Um,
0: I know that a lot of people speak fondly about it and they get a little bit... Too emotional because they they seem to remember things that weren't really there, but that's human nature. Um, I know that when I walk around Banyaluka there are certain places where I still see oxygen car stickers, which is quite mind-blowing. But as far as influence is concerned I think, um, I think the reality of it is, and this is not very nice for me to say I suppose, but you know we didn't really achieve as much as we wanted to because the radio station closed too early. I think the international community left Bosnia way too early, promised a lot and didn't deliver what they promised, and caused a lot more problems doing it. I think from speaking to people that listened then and I speak to them now, they were quite sad because we were encouraging them to do things, to have new ideas, to go out, to, 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 to wanna, I don't know, achieve their dreams. And then we left. And then the system took over and you know, they, they they were looked down on. So I, I suppose, in a way, a lot of our listeners, my listeners, may have felt a bit betrayed at the end of it. And I think that's that they're justified in, in, in thinking that, to be honest. Did we influence anybody to do anything? I'm not really sure. I hope we didn't influence them to run away, because people should stay.
1: But you made the radio stars here, because all of the Oxygen DJs are, most of them, are um, working on media today even today like and they are awesome. so that's a big thing
0: I, I, well, I most of the people that i took on <coughs> have got no media experience before and the reason i did that was it's it, if you're going to put a lot of effort into training somebody why don't you take them without any skills that means you don't have bad habits to get rid of so yes there are there are some there's dragon dragon marriage with with ness and then there's um, Diana Tepsic, and she's got her own TV program now, and, and others as well. But I'll single those, those two out. Um, I, I just thought that if, if I could just get people to have a new way of doing business, if, if you like. For example, when they came to Oxygen, um, we didn't have people sat in front of a microphone and people operating equipment. You did it all on your own. So that was a shock, and people said, but you don't do it like that. And I said, what you mean is you haven't done it like that yet. Another thing was, um, after we'd been operating one or two years and people getting into it, I took the chairs out of the studio. So they had to stand up for four hours um, and doing everything on their own. And that was another shock. But why did I do that? Because you, you know, every other radio station does it in the world. It means that you're, you're, you can be more animated, Uh, and all the rest of it. And you know, people say they can't do it, but I I used to just love it, just looking through the window and they'd be, their hands would be doing six different things at the same time. And they'd be talking on a telephone, but looking at a a screen and moving. So I think that dynamicism built a picture in people's minds. And I think maybe we became friends to a lot more people than we thought. But yeah, and a star the reality is, when Oxygen finished, a lot of my team did not get employed straight away because there was a lot of jealousy mm. in in the country. But thank thank goodness they're okay now.
1: You set up similar projects in Kosovo and Afghanistan. Was Oxygen special to you as it was for us, um, well, or is it just
0: a job for you? No, it's no. Radio is never a job. It's it's a way of life, um, and. I have to say, in in the Western world, only 0.5% of people working in radio ever make any decent money. You do it because you love it. When Oxygen closed, um, the Canadians actually asked me to go to Canada, set up a radio station to broadcast live into Afghanistan. And that was done because the Canadians said, can you recreate Oxygen for us? And that's, when, you, when you think about Afghan culture and everything, that is quite a task. Um, we did. The radio station ran again for about five years. It's now closed. Um, we called it Light Rena, Um And that was quite cool. I then moved to Kosovo. And the strange thing was, um, when I arrived in Kosovo, it was a NATO radio station, a boring. NATO radio station you can't imagine how boring NATO can be but they are so boring and I, I sat down with with the team and I had Serbs and Albanians we had two channels and I said well what do you think we can do and the surprising thing they said we were listening to Oxygen online from Pristina and from Mitrovica can we do that um, which was which was really nice for me except trying to convince a military to change is quite difficult but we did it um, so that was okay and then to go back in real real life to to Afghanistan to Kabul I tried it I tried it there but it was it was I think one step too far and I realized that you can oxygenize some things but some you can't yeah. and unfortunately in Kabul I wasn't able to Oxygenize it. That's a good word, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Ah, I've just got a
0: new word, I've oxygenized
1: it. Um, you could choose to live anywhere on the planet. And a couple of years ago, years ago, when we talked, I asked you, where do you feel your home is? And you said here near Banja Luka." Why? Why Bosnia? What keep you here? Well,
0: um, my partner Tamara says it's because of her. <laughs> and I suppose in reality, that's, that's true. Um, There are other people, not many. There's definitely one other person in in, in Luka, for example, who's French, who came and never went. So I'm not the only one. I think the region of the Western Balkans is is, is very unique, it's very special. And I think within, within the area that used to be called Yugoslavia, there are smaller special areas. And as a Brit, I liked it because the temperatures, the weather conditions are a lot better. (laughs) Except today when we're doing this interview when it's so British and it's raining outside and miserably cold. Um, I like it because um, for good or bad, for better or worse, in the main Balkan people are very straight so there's no, no BS about it. My country, my culture is dominant of people smiling in your face and then stabbing you in the back. I know it happens here, but at least people are more open. They're more honest. You might not agree with their honesty, but they are honest. Um, I like the fact that there's still um, a, a good deal of family. You and I were talking a little bit earlier on about how this can be a little bit frustrating in a modern lifestyle, but it is important. We've lost that a lot where I've come from, um, there is a lot of corruption in Bosnia-Herzegovina. But you know, there's just the same amount in my country, right? So that doesn't affect, and I, I just think it's nice that I like it. I like the people, I've been made to be, uh, that people make me feel very welcome. Um, I can see them things, it's like an adventure every day for me. So I'm, I'm living the dream, I'm just having an adventure. And so, yeah, I, I, I don't want to go back. I don't mind going back for, for maybe two weeks on holiday. I don't stay in Bich all the time. I, I travel around to, to, to do other things. I, I don't have a lot of work to do, but I like to travel and see things. Um, I like going to Montenegro as well, Sannevato. And I like the northern part of Bosnia-Herzegovina, especially this area where the Western Republic of Srpska is because it's like the real middle ground for me. You know, when people ask me, tell me about Bosnia, I said, well, where else can you go where two major religions have clashed for for over 580 years, where there's, you know, languages meet, cultures meet, and everything. I mean, you you can pay a lot of money normally to go on holiday to experience that for two weeks, and I live it, so it's, it's amazing. But I do know a lot of people that I speak to in the country here, just look at me and when I have guests and I bring a lot of people to the country um, and I say, you know, just walk around Banyaluka, be be prepared for people to say, why have you come here? And they go, don't be silly, David. And then they come back in the evening and go, they ask me, why am I here? Because everybody wants to run away, right? And they can't understand why people want to come here. I think it'd be good if if lots more people came here. Yeah.
1: Um, you also make this amazing content on your blog, on your uh, um, Facebook and Instagram. And a huge part of that is uh, food, is about food. And uh, I had the chance to try some of your really great uh, specials. Uh, but uh, you do like our food, right? And uh, I mean, yeah. I mean. I mean, in a hard way, like uh, uh, pork and... <laughs>
0: Yeah, I do. I do. I mean, it's a country of meat, isn't it? I mean, um, I mean you go anywhere. You go to, to France and they say, would you like some salad with that? But here it's, would you like some more meat? So can I give you another side order of meat? And I mean, to sit down and have a mixed meat plate for two would normally fill up a British family of five. I like the food very much. Um, I'm carrying a bit too much weight at the moment. But I do. I like, um, I like the fact that you know, when, when there's particular celebrations wherever, whatever part of the country you're in, you know, there'll either be a roast lamb or, or a spit roast pig or, or whatever. I like it because it's most of the, the meat is organically produced, mm-hmm. although I'm sure pesticides and all that nonsense is coming in here as well. But I do like it. I like writing about it. I like filming it. I like showing other people how I experience life so they can sort of like do it as well. And I like, you know, like my musical interests are world music and I think my, my, my food interests are also like that. So I like, you know, when Tam and I can like, balkanize something where you can fuse things together. So a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Um, we have dinner sometimes where there's certain um, parts of the meal that are, are from, from the region and others are from Britain which is quite weird because a lot of it is curry-based. So, yeah, <laughs> that's, 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 that's something for a different, different um, chat. What I wanted to say about blogging, um, I find it, it's great to tell people um, what is going on. I, I like it that most of the people, and I don't have lots, tons of people, but the people that respond to me are normally from outside the country, and they find it amazing. Now, if I don't put something up, why haven't you put anything up? You know, I can go to Yaitse, I can go, I can just even walk down God's Busca here in Luka today. They find it amazing. Uh, other people might say it's boring, but they find it amazing. Um, one guy from Luka said, you know, I, li- I like your blogs, but, you know, I'm not really interested in the sightseeing bit. I want you to tell us more about what you like and what you dislike about the city, for example. And I have said, I'll try and write something for you, but I'm not going to be hypercritical because I'm, I'm a visitor here. And, I mean, when you're a visitor somewhere, you know, it's only good manners not to go insulting people. Um, So I try not to do that. Um, One of the sad things uh, about blogging from the Balkans is, um, how do I best put this? The the disappointing thing is, like, I I put a film up two years ago. Um, We were getting ready for a slava, and I was invited to go and see how the meat was produced. And I, I just did something that had you know, it's had a good few thousand views around the world and a lot of international positive comments. But then people from the region get in and then my blog starts to turn into a a war of words between people from different ethnic backgrounds. Um, I find that very sad. I wanted to take the comments off, but Tam said, you know, the internet is all about open democracy, so just leave it on. But that that can be very sad. And even as a Brit, sometimes I get hurt about it. The other day I, I put something on about Bosnia-Herzegovina. Oh, it was to do with the Drill and Chill Festival. And mm-hmm. somebody said, this is, this is Serbian territory. And, and I know it is. No, nobody's disputing that. So I'm going to try and do a, a blog post soon about putting things into perspective. Like, I live in the United Kingdom. I do not live in Britain. It's called the United Kingdom. Mm-hmm. People do not live in America, they live in the United States but everybody calls it America. And sadly, look, some people take it the wrong way. You know, the country is called Bosnia and Herzegovina, but a lot of people around the world don't understand the Herzegovina bit and they just shorten it. They don't mean to do it as an insult or anything like that. So that's a bit weird, but I love vlogging and vlogging. I think it's really <laughs> cool. More people should do it.
1: Yeah, I love you vlogging and blogging. <laughs> um, we were just talking about the um, not so good sides of this country and we were talking about the hospitals. So, um, let's please repeat that, that's, that's important to know.
0: I, I th- yeah, we were, we were talking about the fact that there are some things that aren't too great here. Um, and I had reason, not for me, but f- for a close person to me to go to a, a hospital uh, in the area some months ago no oh, sorry a year ago and it wasn't in the best state of repair put it that way i'm sure that the the nurses and the doctors are all full on and and really experienced they must be but the infrastructure was really bad and then when you drop when you when you travel through for example Luka, there are wonderful government buildings you know almost a, a modern tv tower um And and, and they are very impressive. Don't get me wrong; it's a tremendous feat of engineering. But you know, with a a fresh set of eyes, it just seems sometimes crazy that why why the hospital wasn't built. And that's not just here in Banja Luka. It's everywhere in the country, whether it's Sarajevo or Mostar or Trebinje or Visegrad, It doesn't matter. And I, I I felt. I wasn't upset and I wasn't annoyed because that's not my place to be there, but I felt a bit sad because, you know, and especially with when you see the young kids on the street, you think, surely they deserve that. So I don't like to politicize things, but that's I, I'd, I'd like somebody to, to explain that to me one day. I mean, in Britain, there would be people be on the street saying, you know, why didn't you spend the money on the hospital? But it doesn't happen here.
1: No, sadly, but no. Um, when you're here for like 20 years now, <laughs> even more, um, is there any uh, habit or any, any uh, thing we do that you're still like, um, like you don't get it?
0: Yeah, let's <laughs> well, put it this way. There's no such thing as a non-Balkan person that will ever understand the Balkans. <laughs> My life, my experience, is like a ladder. And do you remember that game, Snakes and Ladders? That kids are bored, boring. Yeah, right, um, that, that's my life. You know, you, get, you think you've got to the top of the ladder and then the next minute you come all the way back down. <laughs> and that's one of the rich things about being here. There's something new every single day. Now that can be from something that you would or would not do at, at, at the dining table, to how you would use language. It, there's so many things. It's, it, I'm really stuck to give you a, a really good example. But that is, that is so cool. In all, the, in all the days that I've been here, and the years that I've you know, been, been hanging around the Balkans, there's never been two days the same. I can honestly say that without fear of contradiction. There's never been two days the same, and I learn something every day. The only thing I haven't learned is to speak um, <laughs> the local language, because if I say Serbsky, somebody's going to say, well, don't you mean this and that? Okay, mm-hmm. the former Serbo-Croatian, yeah. uh, that will get me off the hook. Um, well, well, it's, it's been very difficult. I speak very good German, I speak passable English.
1: But you uh, know all the key words. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I suppose I speak pidgin, um, I'd you can swear and you can order food and coffee, that's just enough to, yeah, to survive here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, if, if, yeah, you've got to swear. Um, I know there are other internationals that speak um, very fluently, and I asked, I asked uh, a very close friend of mine in, in the NATO base many years ago what, why it is that, 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 that sometimes there is a difficulty, especially for me to learn um, the language and it, I was on a meeting and I used, with, with my local team and I used to say don't please do not speak English you know I don't it's not for me to impose that so in this particular meeting um, my assistant my program controller she gave out this you know this is what we're gonna do this week and then a couple of the guys and girls on the other side of the table said well we don't want to do it like that you know why are we doing it like that And before she was able to respond, I just stood up in English and said, you'll do as you're told. And everybody just went quiet. And even she looked at me and went, what? Does he understand what we've been talking about? And then it came, oh, David's a spy. David's a spy. Oh, you won't, you don't want to know how many times people have said, you're a spy, you're a spy. (laughs) I am not a spy. Look at my photograph, I do not look like like James Bond and I don't have all the kit, right? I'm I'm not that silly, I'm definitely not a spy. And I went off to see a friend of mine who was a very senior uh, interpreter in the base. And she um, was very, very qualified in in teaching English as a foreign language and everything like that. And she said, I said, because I, I haven't had any formal education, she said, you have been here so long, you're picking up the language as a baby would. And m- what I do is I can understand a lot. My frustration is not being able to to say things. And when I do say things, strasno, um, or strasno, I mean, people laugh, you know, and I don't mind that because I'm the talking point. When I was, uh, I won't tell you all the things, how I get confused when I go to Cernagora, it's just like amazing. But, yeah, it's, Things are different every day, as I said. It's it's, it's a wonderful place to be, in. I'm never bored. Um, when I finish on this mortal coil, I don't want to go back to England either, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, last one. You you set up a really beautiful base here near Banjuluka. You and Tom have uh, those beautiful animals. <laughs> and uh, what what your day? What it, what it looks like? Your ordinary day. What do you do? My ordinary day yeah. is. Um, yeah, I, I, like
0: to get, I like to get up early, um, regardless of the time of year. Um, we have a very small. Where we live is quite small, but we have, there's a nice property. Um, it's in a village, not too far from Lactashi. I'll say no more than that. Um, I, I have a nice little office that I've built for myself over, over the years. Um, Tam is a. Um, in, in, into internet stuff as well. So I spend most of my day online. Um, I wake up, I have a shower, have, have a
1: coffee.
0: I, I don't wear pyjamas all day, but I have, I have what I call my house clothes, which are very, very vibrant in colour. Like You can't see this because it's in print, and you can't see this because it's in audio, but I actually like wearing odd socks.
1: Oh yeah, um, I have to mention you know,
0: that. Yeah, odd socks. Show me. Yeah, I've got odd socks today. And the reason? We'll have a
1: picture of that. Yeah, thanks. It because everybody
0: looks and you can see them in restaurants and coffee bars in Bangalore <laughs> <laughs> But um, I, I spend most of my day online um, because I like to do research and then I plan what I'm going to do when I go out, what I'm going to vlog about. Um, it's, it's just an ideal lifestyle. It's not a holiday, but I like, I like it very much. I I run my own life, and that's what I like about it. And, and I think if I could get a lot more people, especially in, in Bosnia-Herzegovina, where there's all this high unemployment and everything, to say all you need to do is, if you're going to get a bank loan, get a bank loan. doesn't matter. But just find some way to get yourself a laptop and get onto the internet. You, you don't need anything anymore. You, you can be creative, you can do your own thing. So I suppose I'm I'm getting older in body every day but sometimes I think mentally and inside my head I'm getting a bit younger. Which is cool but difficult at times.
1: You use that hashtag living the dream, is it true?
0: Well one, one person's dream is another person's nightmare but for me It is living the dream. It's it's living a dream because I'm in control of myself for the first time in many years. So I'm in control of myself. I I can I can come up with an idea. I can do it. I've always wanted to travel. I still do, but I'm living in a travel destination, which is a good point because more People should come and see Bosnia and Herzegovina, they don't. I don't know why, but we need to tell more people. I have a partner to die for, she's absolutely amazing. I have two dogs and three cats. Well, we did have four, but one never came back. Um, what else can you want? And, 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 and good food and you know, good wine. The piva is not bad either.
1: Arrakia. Oh, the rakia,
0: yeah. See, that's living a dream for some people, to live in a country where nobody eats the fruit. They distill it all. I mean, that's got to be good for some people, right?
1: Thank you. It's always a pleasure talking with you. I hope I haven't bored you. No, of course not. Come on.
0: So there you have it. Vesna Kerkes talking to me yesterday about my life in the Balkans. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Your comments and questions, always appreciated. And until next time, stay safe and stay well bye for now to find out more about us and where we live why not check out our blog at an englishman see you next time so that's it for this episode our podcast is available on all major podcast platforms
1: and if you like this podcast then please do leave us a review or send us an email thanks for listening and we'll see you on the next episode thanks for listening to our podcast if you would like to support us and the production of future episodes then please consider maybe giving us a tip or becoming a member of our podcast family. The link to do that is in the show notes for this podcast. Thanks again for listening. We really do appreciate it.
0: To find out more about us and where we live, why not check out our blog at anenglishmaninthebalkans.com.